1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast. (laughs) Our guest this week is yours truly, Late Night. Episode one, take one. Episode one. So we've we've had a massive, you know, outreach over the last, you know, few years about you know getting ourselves on the podcast and talking about each other, asking about our, talking about ourselves more. Yeah, and getting to know the late night and chalky characters. Uh, So this show's all about me. (laughs) This time around, this episode is all late night. You know, a lot of people ask your mom. I know um, your son, your wife. You know, screw those people. <laughs> just kidding, love you, fam. Just, just a couple people have asked. No, for sure. And the I origins. Think, I think we give a lot of hints be- between us during the episodes yeah. that that resonate personally, and we have our little like side stories that we talk about. But no, this is fun to like kind of get a little bit, you know, more in depth. Yeah, you know. Plus, we needed to fill in. Uh, not even, dude. Our guest list is deep right now. Our guest list is deep, but the hardest part, people ask what the hardest part about podcasting is. Scheduling. Scheduling the guests. You guys, we got kids, family, wives, freaking sports. Pre-book, work, pre-books. Yeah. I mean, geez, like, we've been on the road quite a bit this past couple weeks. Crazy. So we've been kind of pitched yeah. for time. No, for sure. <clears throat> but I, we've talked about this, like, yeah, not just, you know, just doing an episode with us every once in a while, regardless, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's cool. Start yeah. it off, kick it off. Other people do it. Why can't we? Just talk about ourselves? Yeah. I'm pretty interesting. Cur- current events. <laughs> so what do you think about the WSL this week? <laughs> All right. Late night. Yes. Huntington Beach, born and bred. Yes. 
fun fact before we start, because you're going to ask where I grew up, Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach Hospital. Can't deliver there anymore, but there was a little hospital here in Huntington Beach. Where? On Beach Boulevard in Talbert next to uh, Good Shepherd. Is it Good Shepherd? Yeah, maybe. Um, right there on, on Beach Beach Talbert. Boulevard in Talbert. Yeah, in between Talbert oh. and Slater. Oh! There's a uh, hospital, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was like Huntington there. Beach Community Hospital or something like that. It's still there, doctor's offices, but um, yeah, my birth certificate says Huntington Beach was really rare because it wasn't open that long, um, but yeah. Yeah, because I think our de- uh, the girl's dentist is in that building or the building across. Yeah. What a trip. But um, yeah, I grew up in Huntington. My parents uh, were local growing up, Westminster. Um, Huntington Harbor for a little bit. My mom on the her side of family, but uh, yeah, they went up. They went to Westminster High School, and you know, just like you know, we heard your stories. My dad used to bike from you know Westminster, you know, go down Golden West, and you know, not quite as far as Long Beach, but not even close. But that was. Uh, but Tonelar probably had cement. Or, or stone wheels like the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so I mean, he, I think he picked up surfing in high school. And uh, he, my parents were really young when they had me and my brother. And I have a brother, uh, Kevin, you know. Um, he's four, just about four years older than me. Um, and my parents were really young because I think that generation was like 18. Get out of, you know, get out of, you know, high school. Like hippies, right? Start a family, get a job, move out, like the whole thing. So um, I think... 18 they're married you know my brother right soon after my dad it's a couple years and me you know four years later so they were young 20s like yeah. when they had us so it was cool because i mean at the time you don't know but you know we were pretty outdoorsy and and active and it was yeah. because my dad was young and you know virile <laughs> he's a he's stud tone Larry. yeah he was a freaking stud for sure still is yeah um has he always been like a finished cabinetry guy or nope so he started off in construction i think as a framer first um got a job doing framing um and then quickly uh found out there was more money in hanging drywall um they paid you by the four by eight sheet you know so um a little bit more lucrative because it was based on performance you know um and uh that made uh some good some good money in the in the early years, and then he in the summer he would him and a and a buddy Marvin I believe they would go up to Alaska, and because he had that background with all these different trades now he would go and and build cabins out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska for like the three four months in the summer. Wow. Yeah, and get paid pretty well I think too because one it was cool they live off the land kind of but they would get flown into. Um, you know, just some really, really remote like places. And they were hunters and they were pretty outdoorsy guys anyways, but it was kind of change of pace. Even Catalina, they boat over and spend a week over there, frame a house or two, come back. And they build a lot of stuff over there because that 70s was like booming booming for construction. And yeah. Yeah. So commercial yeah, like, homes, everything. Real estate was yeah. Up. yeah, and he was doing that, and then my mom got into interior design, and she worked for the builders as well, some small, like, Southern California builders, and she did the model home, like, um, designs and stuff, so they were kind of, yeah, a little d- dynamic duo early. Yeah. What kind of surfing was your dad doing? You know, I, when I, as far as I remember, he started off, obviously, in the longboard in that era, but when I remember, as far as I could recollect, was he was on a shortboard for sure. When I was, Ooh. as soon as I could remember, single fin shortboard. 
Um, yeah, single fin, and then I remember getting, you know, him bringing home a, a thruster, you know, um, pretty shortly after. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were, I mean, I was so, so small and I was, I mean, boogie boarding. My brother is a little bit older, so he got into surfing before me. I probably, in hindsight, wish I started when he did. I would have been a lot younger, but, um, I just kept doing the freaking boogie, yeah. stand up on the boogie, and they kept, you know, making fun of me, like, dude, when are you going to go surf? And I was building sandcastles. And Where did you guys surfing. live when, when you started surfing? Uh, we lived just kind of outside downtown off of England Street. So so was that the house that you grew up in? Yeah, and my dad's still there. Yeah, my born dad, my stepmom, and yeah, we were born in, in the same house. And uh, I would say it's a little less than a mile to the beach. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, bike ride. I mean, it was loose back then. You yeah, know it was like. I mean, the way the the proximity to the beach compared to my proximity to the beach. Jeez mm. Louise, dude. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm. I was like on the moon, and you were like right there. Yeah, like all the streets in Huntington run like north, south, east, east, west, but the mm. coast kind of comes at a diagonal. And if we go down, you know, that's Delaware. across street from us, Memphis. Memphis turns into 11th and goes straight down to the beach, pretty much right around the parks. You yeah. know, it turns in, and then diagonal, you could, you almost have to do a little zigzag down to the pier, but they're, you know, super close. So boogie boarding first. Yeah, <sighs> I just, I mean, we did a ton of beach days, like all up, and you know, even before my brother surfed, like we were down there. We didn't do junior guards. We just were. But it was know, already a thing. Yeah, big yeah. time. And, and as far, and even as mammoth, as, I mean, before I could even, you know, walk you know we we're going to mammoth wow we we're going to havasu and we we're doing the beach and that was yeah. like our your that, parents were freaking outdoors yeah that was our program it was like i remember <clears throat> you know uh you know going to the river when we were super young and we did that you know for a long span of time you know we go out in the summer a couple times mammoth you know a couple times in the winter and yeah i mean so what uh like boogie boarding wise what what board, boogie board did you have? Did you own your own boogie board? Oh, for sure. I remember going in and getting like the Mach seven seven, <laughs> and then the Mach ten had like the purple kind of bluish like purple bottom. Got the handle. One time I added skags, but that wasn't that was cool for like one summer. Hand planes. We made our own skim boards. You know that was a few years older, but yeah. like my dad was a wood craftsman, and we we had sheets of plywood and. He would help us like design templates and we'd cut it out, give it a little rocker. We'd set like weights and in, in between horses to give it a look, you know, so you're not digging. Bend it. Yeah, bend it. And yeah. Lacquer it and do designs. How sick. Did you put resin on it or uh, fiberglass on it? We too? didn't do, I think we eventually we maybe did do some with fiberglass, but I think it was just like polyurethane, you know. Resin like just red in the wood. Yeah. How funny. Yeah. And it was Shellacked cool. it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Aaron and, and, and um, Isaac Owens lived around the corner and they would they, they would partake and, and do it. Just other, Were they your other brother's age or like? A little brother's age and maybe just between us two, yeah. Aaron. But um, yeah, we had a bunch of... Uh, Groms. Groms in the neighborhood. And, <clears throat> I mean, we, were, we had a good upbringing, you know? It's kind of, you know, middle class, like beach, but, you know, we had, to, you know, we did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... Were you skateboarding too, or? A little bit. I mean, I don't think, you know, we didn't really have that much choices around here. It was more like A to B, but I remember, like, you know, there was a big, you know, few years where 
it went from launch ramps, you know, to mini pipes and then big ramps. And there was a lot of talent, like whether it was BMX in the dirt or the vert or and and skateboarding. Like there was some ramps and dirt fields down off of like 20th Street and like Olive or yeah. And I mean 12 foot, like 12 foot like half pipes hmm. with like four feet of vert. And guys, like you know, when you're a kid, you're just watching. But we mostly had, you know, a bunch of little uh, little half pipes. Robbie Hayes, who went on to be, build, you know, professional ramps. Um, he lived on 11th, and uh, he he'd had ramps. And other friends, Ziggy Williams, Andy Williams, and and they had a ramp. And Manny Moak had a little mini ramp in his backyard. And hmm. John, we had a bunch of different options, you know, to skate. But I was kind of more of a little jock than you know super into skateboarding yeah really yeah i played like every sport i could like i tried every sport almost what what did you play soccer and baseball and football or what Uh uh-huh flag football baseball basketball um soccer i i just didn't like soccer it was just i i ran and i didn't have a problem running i could run for days without you know worrying about it but it was just no score not enough scoring and just kind of like I don't know, boring. Yeah. Baseball, same thing. Just too much downtime. I'm like... But you were into organized sports. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I just love to compete. I thought, like, you know, that's what you did. There was a lot of... um, We had the city gym. There's all these city leagues now before clubs and all that. Yeah. And um, it was... That was a big part. Like, I want to talk about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. City gym was, like, a huge... It was our clubhouse. Clubhouse center for all the HB Lokes. Yeah, so the sports... Back then, you know, fall was, you know, football. football. And then, like, spring was basketball, or, you know, winter was basketball. Spring was, like, soccer or baseball. And, you know, they rotated. So you were able to do them all without, like, having to choose. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm in. And was it free or was it, like, It was really inexpensive. Yeah, Yeah. through the city. And it was similar to what it is today where, you know, if you played flag football, it would be kindergarten first. And then it would be second, third, fourth. You know, it was, like, a two-year groups and I remember flag football was the best and I would be like oh I can't wait till I'm in like I think it was sixth or seventh grade to do uh Pop Warner Junior All-American put on pads and stuff yeah even though and I was tackle. tiny tackle yeah not even flag though, anymore no like yeah you know helmet and freaking pads and I was yeah. so tiny but they were they grouped you with weight and ages and stuff too so you're not playing against like too big of a kid. no yeah, yeah it was pretty fair and how sick was the rec center in general, because it had a pool, yeah, basketball courts, and then of course, the fucking ping pong table. Yeah, I mean it was. And then remember the the carom game? Did they have that too? Yeah, at, for for a little while, bumper pool, you know. Bumper but pool, then, but then there's that like one like weird where you did the little circle, the little wooden, uh, they're like pellets, yeah. and you would knock them in like with the pool cue. Yeah. They had, I just remember, three pool tables, I think bumper pool, uh, ping pong, <clears throat> and then like a foosball, you know? So that was kind of like the rec center. And if you guys look That's at like it. That's like our dream right I, there. I know. So <laughs> if you, if you, an indoor basketball uh, basketball court, sick one, and outdoors and a pool, like you said, but it's four blocks from the beach. Yeah. You know, and all by all of our friends' houses, right next to our elementary and junior high, like yeah. shared property lines. And um, it, was a, it was in the epicenter of that age group. Yeah, I mean, when we when break dancing came out and like you know we were all into like you know pop in and break dancing, they had I can't picture oh, late night trying dude, to pop just, and lock. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> you guys should see me right now. Just no, but uh, they would have. They would polish the floors, the gymnasium, and like in certain yeah. areas that because it's already you know a smooth. It's 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 uh, parquet floors. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and we we would yeah we roll in some music and like break dance. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, we were you know little chick kids, but um, but yeah, we were super active. I mean that that was the thing. Is parents they would be pissed if you were home. Yeah, like what are you doing home? You're messing up the house. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. You know, and we had the loose we had the freedom to kind of like you know we didn't you know no helicopter parents no yeah. check-in now how you know when, when we talked about the city gym and huntington beach the the logo the hb logo yeah the rec center logo dude how iconic and awesome is that logo and that must bring back memories for you for sure because you see that every once in a while that people yeah. use in, in their companies or whatever, but yeah, if you look at the label, it's got <clears> the ocean and it's got the sports and it's got the it's like oil Adam or something. Yeah. Adam, yeah, yeah, because of uh, uh, Boeing and all that. Yeah, you know, but what a like when you think of the city gym, you think of that logo too. Yeah, yeah, but we third we I mean, as a kid, you kind of just do you know trends, I guess, in different age groups, and yeah. I mean, we were super into BMX and doing you know what kind of bikes did you have. I mean, I want to say a Diamondback, all chrome. You know, you talked about like, you know, the colored rims and, you know, it was all about... Anodized, bro. Anodized, sorry. Uh, it was all about like popping your um, uh, your grips and, and, you know... The like Oakley what, grips. Yeah, and, and you could swap out your, your spike pedals, you know, yeah. and... I remember when people would put the pegs... Yep. So you could ride your bros. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And How sick was that? Like, but, but like, so, you know, the city gym was, you know, more of like after school kind of hangout, you know, and it was, yeah. a, it was more when we got to junior high than, than earlier. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the adolescent like hangout. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, we would go, um, you before know, even the beach. Yeah. Like for sure. That was your spot before you would hang out at the beach yeah, tower and, too. And and even when we were going to the beach and we'd be like looking at the wind in the afternoon, it's like blowing out, we would just, you know, go there <coughs> straight yeah. to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And uh play, you know, play we played bat light, a lot of basketball and pool and just, you know, fart around, play ditch them, tag, you know, like yeah. just all the kid shenanigans. But like summer downtown is when you would get like it's almost like a little mini Venice Beach. Like it bring out all these like talents, but also weirdos. Yeah. And there was an arcade, and when we were young, like arcades were the jam. And yeah. there was an arcade underneath what is now Duke's. Yeah. Where Sandy's is. Yeah. And it was seedy, but it was like that's where probably yeah. a lot there's, of there's famous pictures of kids skateboarding underneath there because there's like a little yeah burn, but then there's like that. Thick chain and pier, like wannabe pier. Yeah. But people would still skate it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we would see, you know, there was kind of that technical, like, trick before street skating came out. The guys on, like, the Freestyle. Yeah, like the freestyle. And, uh, you know, I mean, whatever you saw in the movies, like, those guys would be down there, like, every day in the summer. When you say Venice and talent, you're talking, like, guitar players. Everything, yeah. like that weird carnival esque one hundred percent type people 
that would go to try to make money panhandle. Panhandle, right? They're, yeah, but then also just try to make a name for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be like those those freestyle skaters, like, I mean, people on like like roller skates, like four wheels, yeah. and doing like synchronized yeah. crap, Dancing. like hipsy, yeah, yeah. Hip, hippies, and then there'd be like, not biker, but like straight edge, like guys, yeah. in le- you know, leather. I mean, there's all these subculture groups. Yeah. But they're all down there for the same. But there was a, a biker scene Definitely. on Main Street, right? Yeah. Perks was a biker bar, pretty much. Right. right? Yeah. And I, <clears throat> this might have been before you were born, but there's this movie called uh, Billy Jack. You know? Have you ever heard of that? No. So it was, uh, this dude is like a freaking vigilante. Um, you know, he's like a cowboy, karate, Indian, you know, yeah. like badass dude that they they filmed it at freaking um, The Grinder. Yeah. You know? So The Grinder was, yeah, uh, between First Street, First which Street. was, you know. Um, Pacific City. Yeah. Yeah. Pacific City. But it was, it was trippy because I remember seeing that and remembering, holy shit, that's Huntington Beach. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, Billy Jack biker scene that they showed bikers in that movie and shit so yeah yeah i think one of i mean i think before i really started surfing um we used to my dad you know like i said we go to havasu and we'd have an e-board my dad was a sick single skier you know um single blade just laying it down like crazy like super athletic but we he would throw his surfboard in with us and we would surf behind the boat you you know you had a half half um, length rope or really close, so you could hit the hit the white water, and we would get stopped like all the time. Like people would trip out. Like, what are you guys doing? You yeah. know, because we're like, well, you know, my dad's like, yeah, we 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 live in Huntington. We're surfers, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, and dude, uh, we're fucking surfers. Dude, we're fucking surfers, <laughs> and uh, and it was cool because like it was just. <clears throat> I mean, at the time, I just thought it was fun standing up because the kneeboard's kind of boring and, and yeah. the skis are cool, but um, they didn't have all the killer floaty, like, inner tube, you know, like, yeah. it was kind of limited on, like, what you could pull behind the boat. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. So, tell us about how you got into surfing. Dude, I think just years of going down to freaking Oceanside and, and trails, you know, down at San Onofre and, and Max and, you know, like, just getting... Kind of clowned on because you know I was kind of just wanted to play and hang out and not really. How old were you? I mean, if my brother started, I was probably like seven, eight. You know, like when I when when he's like surfing, you know, dad surfing, he's surfing. Yeah, so he's and, eleven or twelve years old. Yeah, he's like twelve, and I'm <clears> like yeah, like seven, you know, eight, you know, maybe. And I just was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and it wasn't like they forced. They just you know. My, we only, my brother had a board. It, I mean, it's not like my dad gave me a board. I was just boogie boarding. And then my brother got a, his. I think it was when he got his second board. And it could have been who knows how long between his first board and second board. Maybe a year, maybe six months. I don't yeah. I can't recall. But I remember him getting, he actually went from a twin fin to a single fin. Uh, Carl Hayward to a Randy Lewis, Lewis. I believe. And Bud Lama's single fin, you know. So he got this single fin, and I got the smaller. It was, you know, probably four eleven, but you know, the nose was reshaped, you know, because it got, you know, probably hit, you know, rocks or the pier so many times, and 
And I got what, that. What was that? It was, I want to say it was a Carl Hayward. And my brother, I think that was his first. And I think he got a single fin. So you got the twin fin? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then so soon after that, I might have rode it, you know, for a summer or a little bit. And then my brother got like a custom Robert August. You know, that's when like we both were, you know, I'm following suit. You yeah. know, I'm just kind of like. Now you're hooked. Now I'm, I'm kind of hooked. Yeah, I'm kind of just. Now I'm in the program, you know, so yeah. wherever they're going, I'm going and, and, uh, and yeah, I just remember little reforms at the beach anyways, like, you know, you talk about milestones and stuff and I remember just, yeah, just beach in little like reforms on Northside. Yeah. On know? the twin fin? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the summer <clears throat> and just paddling out, getting like the current, making sure you don't get sucked out through the pier out to the outside. Yeah. Like as soon as you get past the first tee, kind of take the current over and, you know, just so you don't get sucked yeah. out. Are you, are you, what was your, was it South side or North side? North side. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, and most of you guys, most of the locals and, and prefer the, South North side. So right? there's two things why that was one, because we're mostly surfing in the summer, which the South swells come that way you get the kind of stationary wave, you know, it's summer. You're, you know, like that's when we're spending more time at the beach. Yeah. Um, so that's when Northside starts working. Um, so that's one reason. And then two, they used to blackball. Southside. For those that know, blackball means they close surfing. The beach is down for surfing. Yeah. So Southside, it would be open until it could be, you know, depending on the day, the weather, <coughs> the size of the waves, but usually nine or 10 in the morning, 10-ish, it was uh, closed all the way from the pier to River Jays. Yeah. I think there was one one spot at like hey, Newland. It still is. Yeah, I think there's it still one. gets blackballed in the summer, guys. I, I I do think in the state beach side, once you pass beach, there was maybe a, a, a spot in between two two towers, but I don't recall. Yeah. And then even north side, like after at the apartments, uh, like Tower Six, it blackballed there to the cliffs. So yeah. re, you know, growing up, we're on bikes or you know, we're, we don't have. I'm not going to River Jetties unless somebody you know, I'm hopping in the car with dad or yeah. or brother or somebody. But it was like that was Northside, you know. So, so how old were you when you got hooked? Like nine. So I surfed a handful of times, and it was fourth grade summer going into fifth grade. So I was probably nine, turning ten. Yeah. You know, I still my birthday's in July, so I think it was that nine going on ten. And the reason being that I remember getting hooked is there was two dudes the whole year. We, you know, our elementary went, you know, K through fifth. And then junior high six through eighth, and I just remember being in fourth grade, and the cool two, the two coolest dudes at school, Justin Brooks, and uh, and Jason um, Russo, those two, <laughs> they were fifth grade, and they rode for HSS already, or they had stickers, you know, <clears throat> like they were kind of the downtown boys. They were fifth graders, and they were the whether they. they they probably sucked, but as us as fourth graders, like yeah, it didn't matter. Shit. They were like, I want to be that guy next year. Yeah. So it was all about being cool. So they were a year ahead of you. Yeah. Okay. But but it wasn't even about like I've never watched them surf. I didn't know they just they were they the just surfers. exuded style <laughs> and what you wanted to be. Yeah. And at that time, I mean, I, I have and I have to pull out these yearbooks, but like third, fourth, fifth grade, I you know, your mom's trying to put you in a collared shirt and look fancy for your like school picture. Yeah. And I'm wearing like a tore up like TNC shirt 
And, and in the picture, they don't really want logos, but right before they shoot, I kind of scoot up. <laughs> and you could see maybe just the, the little bit of like yeah. frame of the, the, the TNC logo. And I, I remember this shit because I was like, I'm a fucking surfer, you know? <laughs> and I wanted to like, I don't know why it's funny, like, but I wanted to have the logo in the shot. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm a fucking kook. <laughs> yeah. So, so Justin Brooks and Jason Russo were were the guys you wanted to, to be like. Yeah. And they were one year ahead of you. Yeah. And um, and you hadn't really seen them paid attention to the surfing. They just acted cool and yeah. seemed like they had their shit. Yeah. Like they were cool. They were cool. Yeah. And um, there wasn't a lot of surfers in that, that grade. It was kind of like sixth grade where you now are getting, um, a, you know, infused with a lot Different more kids. More, yeah. You know, and I remember... Scotty Klein, he was a year older than me, but uh, um, Ryan Bullock. But, you know, that one year, you know, kind of grouping was um, definitely like we're all... um, What elementary? Smith. Smith. Yeah. And then you went to Dwyer. And then Dwyer. And those are both downtown. Yeah. And Next to each other. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think we all, you know, I think I surfed obviously all year that that year because i remember getting full suits so that winter fifth grade i remember like surfing a lot you know yeah. a lot more up and you know up until then it was like occasional here and there yeah and just that was the bug <clears throat> as soon as you hit fifth grade surfing was going to be what you were going to be doing all the time yeah and i remember entering you know my brother was doing some some contests he you know he eventually went to um robert august and we'll get into that like scene in a minute but like we had WSA and CCSA, CBA. There was a, a handful of contests, and I remember signing up for WSA um, at just Northside. I want to say like right at the roundabout, ta- you know, Tower Six, you know, kind of the Taco, you know, not Taco Bell Reef, yeah, but right there in between. In between, and I remember signing up, and I was super stoked. Mini Honey, which was like I don't know, eleven, yeah, eleven down, and. There was like three of us in the final. There was just one heat. And there was like three of us. You know? Yeah. So instant like goodie bag. Yeah. Instant trophy. Yeah. And. Instant hook. Instant hook. And I remember, you know, me and Scotty Klein competed a lot together. And he was really, uh, he, he was more advanced than I was getting into it. And then um, Craig Etchigoyen, who was like, you know. Yeah. The, the prodigy. Pro- the prodigy. Yeah. And. It was kind of like every WSA was like us, our rotation. And I don't know. I just <clears throat> I actually did pretty well. Like, did right off Etch the bat. live in Huntington? No. He's a Newport guy. Yeah. yeah. Crown Del Mar. Okay. Yeah. But um, but he, that was his local spot. Like yeah. the pier. Craig was uh, his dad, you know, entrepreneur, businessman. He had a bunch of different businesses. He actually had a surf shop partner. He was on a partnership uh, with a surf shop on Main Street with Daw. Mad Labs? Mad Labs. Yeah. And uh, they had, I think he was a, also involved in Teen Gear. I think he was like okay. kind of one of the, anyways, he was involved in Craigie was, uh, yeah, he was hardcore. Yeah. You know? And, and Craigie, for those of you out there that have heard of him or not heard of him, but Craigie was a short and stocky, always has been, goofy footer. Little pit bull, little that, t- t- Tommy Carroll. <clears throat> that was his, you know. Yeah, he and he rode for Quicksilver pretty early, right? Really early, yeah. Before you guys, yes, yeah. But yeah, he was, he was destined to be a freaking 
star for sure yeah charger i just remember dad was gnarly yeah dad was gnarly but i remember way before even and he's a year or two younger than me and i remember him just i don't know if he had a choice or he was just crazy i think both yeah charging like on the biggest swell like he was straight out the back like at like i mean little yeah on biggest swell so so we we talk about this a lot with with our guests and stuff but um how was your transition from the inside to the outside (laughs) yeah i mean was it a long long process that you remember or do you feel like you you got pretty good and you got you're you're right out there I think I had to pay my dues for sure. Um, and How I, long was it though? Was it a year, two years? A like, couple years for sure. Hmm. You know, I, I, again, like 11, 12 year old, you're not, you know, unless it's small, you, you, you know, you weren't just paddling out the yeah. back. And you have an older brother. Yeah. Now, was he out the back? For sure. Yeah. He was like, I mean, I, and w- would you like think about that? You'd be like, whoa, my brother. Kind of. You know, it, it'd be like, you know, you have, you have, he was a different circle of friends, you know, like yeah. big boys out the back, all them, and then us little rats inside, you know? Yeah. But we all hung out on the beach, and we all had, you know, we were all friends, but yeah, there was no brother, hey, come out here, I'm going to yeah. help push you into anything. Nobody yeah. pushed us into anything. <laughs> if anything, they were dunking us, telling us to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, it was tough love. For telling sure. you to go back to the inside. Yeah, like, dude, Grom, get off the shoulder, get out, you know, go back to the kitty bowl, you know? And, yeah. And it was wild, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, nowadays it's like you're trying to encourage and get the kids in and yeah. psych them up. But yeah, it's funny because, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you said that in the water, there's a separation. Oh, for sure. But in, on the beach, everyone's hanging out like it's totally different. Yeah. there. I mean, and it was all on. I wouldn't say all, but mostly it was on ability, like, you know, and respect, but it was also the the gnarly dudes. So there was kind of that, and I think it's everywhere and it still happens today. It's like either, you know, you're just the scary gnarly dude that's just been out there and paid, you know, like this is my lineup or it's the hot ripper that kind of earned it too, you know, but those guys could be a little bit more, you know, cocky and arrogant or whatever. The old, you know, crusty dudes are just bitter and pissed. So who... (laughs) If if you can remember, who were the gnarliest dudes out there? Steve North for sure. And when, uh, when Benny you say Webb. gnarly, like did did they just give people shit? Oh, dude, they beat people up. Yeah, just snapping fins off, beating people up, sending them in, <laughs> gone. Like the lifeguards would just turn a blind <coughs> eye, and there was no, you know, lifeguards didn't want to get involved. Yeah, you know, like they were like, I didn't see Steve anything. North. Steve North was gnarly. Biddy Westbrook was gnarly. No. Um, I I remember that guy. He's like big, kind of chub, not chubby, but big. Big. Now Just, was he a good surfer? You know, he kind of ripped on a longboard. I've never seen him on a shortboard. He yeah. he was a kind of a longboarder dude. But like, I mean, we'd be hanging out, and like, I mean, he would take like pennies and like bite them and like try to tear pennies and bend them in half with his teeth. He would tear like yellow page books in half like he would muscle and rip like the, the, like talking about like shrek stink, yeah. strength you yeah. know like he would you know he, <clears throat> he would collect some money like you know like just in front of the shop talking crap and people would be like yeah you can't do that or whatever and he you know give me five bucks give me 10 you know and after yeah. you know he, he got some people to throw in some cash yeah he would sit there and just freaking muscle it and you know yeah. work it and rip a freaking book which is so who is like 
So, so Jim, Steve North. So Jim, Jim Mizell, who was like really good friends with Wyatt's dad, and he was like an ex Green Beret, and you know went to Vietnam and just gnarly, you know, probably PTSD type yeah. of deal, but yeah. like just gnarly. He was, he he was crazy too. Good um, surfer. Yeah, he ripped um, Lance uh, Collins, Richie Collins' dad. Was and, he out there a lot? Yeah, a lot. And uh, <clears throat> Mike Downey and Pat Downey. Mike was, you know, a little bit more. Pat was a little more cruiser and cool. Mike was a little bit more lippy. Yeah. Parminer, you know. <laughs> bam Bam. Bam Bam. Dude, we had Colby Outlaw. We had the Knutson Brothers. We had... Larry Colby. Larry Colby would be, you know, like here and there. Um, gosh. And... Uh, no, Bedros surfed Huntington a lot too, right? Yeah, yeah. Lloyd Kurt Tice, but they were they were mellow and cool. But we had, I mean, there was a, so much talent, and yeah. I mean, guys that you know were in the magazines all the time, doing contests all the yeah. time, like you know, pretty affluent, like like proper surfers, yeah. you know, where everybody, you know, a lot of places rip. But these guys, you know, we had a we had a pretty gnarly crew, you yeah. know. That was Bud, like like Myrtle Brothers, like. You know, Bryce and Scott. Yeah, those guys were gnarly. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm just remember guys that matured earlier and are big, but yeah, you know, um, was Bud just like one of the best surfers you would see out there too? For sure, <clears throat> you know, and I and I, I would tell people today, like, you know, you'd watch Gabriel. You know, he kind of had that Gabriel esque, Gabriel Medina esque wide stance. Yeah, wide, and he would just come and torque it and just. You know, go below, above 12 and just blow out. He'd do these lip slides and, like, you know, tail drifts, like, back then with so much power. Yeah. He was popping airs and stuff. Fins. No, he was on he was on thrusters by then. I, yeah. we, you know, right? I only had one twin fin and it was thrusters, like, thereafter. Like, yeah. I mean, it was right at that cusp of, you know. Yeah. So who was your uh, first sponsor? Uh, my parents. <laughs> um, it was Robert August. Yeah, so that's my brother had an in. George Lambert was running the shop, and um, you know Robert. You know it was just like that. His group of friends or whatever, and you know again there was twenty surf shops within like four blocks. Yeah. So, but that was our OG hangout for sure. And that was on Fifth Street, right? No, that was on Main Street. It's, oh. It was right where uh, Rock and Fig is now. Okay, like it was up uh, the third block, right behind the um, the post office. Huh. Yeah, they may have had different different space before, but that's when I started like hanging yeah. out there. So, um, how did you get sponsored? Did My you have to put together a no, resume, or then it was just kind of like George saw you in the water. Grom, Grom deal, like, hey, we're hooking up your brother, and you know, I wanted to get a. A board from you know where my brother got and I just was you know didn't really know you yeah. know just following suit you know yeah that was a hangout and he I saw him get a Robert August and I'm like cool I guess I'm gonna get one too and you know they yeah I mean cost on boards or whatever but it was funny because uh, you know we talk about nicknames and how I've had a lot over the years and family and friends you know you know parents you know I was Jaybird you know, Jay Bird, and I was just a little teeny rat, little scrawny, little like, you know, bird boy, you know, Jay Bird. And then shortly after surfing, my brother, and even on our boards, Rob Roggins would <coughs> sign like, you know, power, like my brother, you know, because we weren't big, but like maybe it was just the way we 
you know, surfed the wave and threw more spray or, you know, like who knows? I, yeah. I, I think it was kind of that where he was power and I was junior power. And that was our nickname at Robert August. How funny. Like just that crew. Yeah. You know, it was on our boards, junior power and power. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you realize who Robert August was? Oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, we all knew like, you know, Endless Summer. Yeah. And, you know, again, like he was um, just Mr. Style and like... And did you see him surfing a lot too? No. I, no, no. I mean, I'm sure he went and surfed. I don't, I don't recall seeing him at the pier. Ever. You know, ever. It's a trip. Huh? Yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I can't recall a session, but like, you know, he was larger in life. Super yeah. charismatic, good looking, you know, like, um, you know, um, what's the, what's the actor? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Rock Hudson? No. The <coughs> 007. Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery. Yeah. He was like the Sean Connery. You yeah. Know, just. Super steez. Yeah. In this van. I bet he hooked up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what was cool about Robert August, which Greg Wade, you got to get on the show, um, he was a partner at, at, with the shop, and that was the main wetsuit. So they just had boards and wetsuits, you know, and of course, Robert August tees, and that was back in the day, that surf shop you got. Yeah. You know, counter case full of like, you know, wax and, you know, a couple accessories, ding repair, and then some like printables, and then it was just wetsuits and boards. Yeah. And most of the shops were like that, you know, until you know, a few years later, but, uh, that's where you got your exclusive, like, you know, victory wetsuits out of, and you could custom order. So kind of hand in hand, I was, you know, paying for boards at cost and then getting victory wetsuits, but you know, I was getting custom colors like, Oh, I want to get this. And I remember for the summer, we couldn't afford more than like one suit. So I would get the, the short John and then the long sleeve vest. So it acted as a long sleeve spring, you know, or yeah. just the wetsuit jacket or the long john. So and you, it was red. You created Two your own convertible. Yeah. And okay. that they sold it. And I, I remember getting, you know, custom like lime lime green or like a mint green and um, and white. And, <clears throat> you know, you could change the thread even. You know, you could get an all black or whatever blue and then do yeah. like lime green stitching. Like, There's it was, some really good looking and then three wetsuits back in the oh, day. Oh, and then you're like, oh, I want the V here. You could put wherever the yeah. logos were. And that was in... On Chemical Lane in Huntington? Yeah. yeah. So... A little bit inland? Yeah. And that um, that was cool. So those were kind of my first, you know, sponsors. And um, I don't know how long it lasted. A little, little while because uh, I remember surfing a couple of years on them. And, and then for just a really quick stint, um, Joey Hawkins' dad, hmm. Ronnie, I'm drawing a blank. He hit me up. Joey was ripping, you know, like he was, you know, just longboarding or something. Yeah, longboarding. <clears throat> and uh, his buddy was starting a brand, um, Scorpion Bay. Oh wow! You remember Scorpion Bay? Yeah. So I was so small. Um, you wrote for Scorpion Bay for like a, a smidget. So Victory, Robert August, and then Greg Wade was uh, the licensee for Mango. They only went down to 28s, you know, like most brands, like yeah. men's 28s, men's small. And I'd have to get my mom to sew in like two inches, you know, just so I could wear this stuff. But it was like really oversized. So I wasn't really, you know, I got, uh, I remember, you know, a couple, couple walkthroughs for some mango because it yeah. was right there in the victory, you know. Yeah. They're like, oh, grab some clothes, you know, put a sticker. I wasn't like your sponsor, just 
You yeah. got some stuff. And, you got flow. Yeah, for sure, flow. And then the Scorpion Bay thing, you know, kind of uh, happened. They, they just said, hey, come check it out. And I was like enthralled. I'm like, oh, it's cool. Nobody has it. Kind of like, yeah. kind of cool. Kind of like somebody asks you, it's like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. You, know, you get noticed. Um, and that, show, that was, I mean, uh, maybe one or two walkthroughs within yeah. like a, a six month period or something. I remember the rep, but I can't remember his name. Their warehouse was uh, off of Gothard and Warner, kind of okay. behind over there. And then um, it lasted for a couple of years. I think so. Yeah. So during this time, I mean, I'm I'm <clears throat> you know I'm doing all the WSAs and doing some CCSAs, and I'm doing pretty well. Like in, I'm like making the podium. That one event, like I told you, like Many you know, there's only three in the final. I mean, it, after you know. That that year, next year, there was you know there was definitely like, you know, three or four heats, rapid charge, you know, final, and and there was more, um, a lot more kids being involved, um, and then I got a you know outside of my brother and my dad getting me into it, and, and Robert, August, and George, and, and and those guys you know, taking care of me, it was the Debaugh brothers, uh, Jeff and Barry, that kind of like, you know, everybody ripped, but those guys were like, the nar. They didn't live downtown. We didn't really meet until like, you know, sixth grade. Jeff was, uh, you know, a couple years older. Barry's a couple more after that. Um, but you'd see him in the water. For sure. You'd see and, him at the beach. you know, they rode for the surf and they had 10 ponies and they were gnarly. Like, they were like, well, who are these guys? And they're like, oh, they live, you know, because our circle of friends was like yeah. right by school downtown and our little network yeah. was small. And what like, school did they go to? I don't know. I had a Talbert? I forgot. I don't yeah, know. so they didn't go to Dwyer. They did yeah. go, but I just mean elementary, you know, you're so kind of, there's a lot of different elementaries, yeah. but junior highs, it's either Sowers or Dwyer. And that's when they came. Yeah, so they were at Dwyer. We started, like, you know, connecting and, uh, and yeah, just was gravitated towards them because they, they ripped, but they also kind of took me under the wing. And that's when I learned about, like, NSSA, you know, like, oh, we should go do, the, you know, do all the NSSAs. Yeah. And, um, and they are sponsored by the surf. They are sponsored by the Riding surf. Pony. Yep. Jeff had like OP and was kind of like in deep and, and Barry was Quicksilver. And I got on Pony and the surf. So were they like the hottest surfers? For sure. That? Yeah. Like above them would have been like Albert Taylor and like, you know, like the Tice brother, you know, so like Jeff and Barry were, those guys were like men to me. Yeah. Even though they're probably you know 18, 17, yeah, high and school. then you know Def and Boz were just a couple years older, and then it was our crew. So, yeah, those guys kind of you know brought me under their wing, and you know, hey, come get you know come to the surf and get a, a board and from Timponi, and I remember going and getting you know going. That was the first time I went into a shaping bay, shaping room, and like hmm. you know here in Huntington. Yeah. Here in Huntington, off of like <coughs> Slater, and Slater and Gothard, like oh, in between Beach and yeah. Oh, we're, we're not talking. We're talking to Pony Shop. Yeah, to okay. Pony. Yeah, not not Surf. Like yeah. you know, um, and you know by then, like you know, they were like the Def and Bob brothers. Like their mom bought them like the one of the first VHS cameras <laughs> that was like this big, and you know, of course, I think Keto was filming those guys, and they got into getting a camera. And they were videoing and, you know, I was hitching rides with them to all the NSSAs. And, uh, you know, they were in juniors and I was in boys. And then I didn't really compete against Jeff because of our age, you know, just 
missed each other yeah. by competing. Barry was gnarly. They, they just freaking, they ripped. But, um, you know, going back to them, you know, you know, Barry's like, let's get you like a real sponsor, you know, like let's make you, he knew like making a tape. Like again, we talk about having your, yeah, your photo your, album your, resume. Your, yeah, yeah, your resume, highlight a couple of like chicken scratch like yeah. results. Um, the performers page. And uh, Barry and Jeff, myself, and, and we, we they, they made like a two minute video. You know, we, you know, hey, you know, go out and film in a few different waves and kind of put down like a two minute edit, which was hard back then because you're playing on one VCR, then you're hitting like record pause on the other. And, you know, it's a little, <coughs> little yeah. janky. Um, but yeah, so. So um, way back then you guys are already filming. Yeah. So, so we made this uh, edit, and you know Barry was uh, on Quicksilver. He's like, "We're gonna go show Danny Kwok and <coughs> and Richard Wolcott," you know. And I knew, you know, those guys based on magazines and who they were. And Quicksilver just re just relocated from their old eighteenth. Um, I think it's eighteenth. No, no. Oh. Uh, just around the corner where they built like this, the, the current, you know, building yeah. that they were at on Monrovia. And I mean, that was like, Quicksilver was the end all be all. Yeah. Bill Bong was definitely coming. How, how did Barry get on? You know what? I don't know for a hundred percent. Um, but I mean, he, he was ripping in, in both Barry and Jeff, even though they, they look really young for their age, like they, you know, have good genes, but like they, they matured like really early. Like they were stocked, hairy armpits in junior high, like didn't really shave, but they were like little pit bulls, like, you know, back then, Yeah. you know, they didn't grow, you know, but long story short, like Barry, you know, was, um, yeah, he was a Quicksilver dude and he wanted me, like they, Billabong had their like crew and, and, you know, CC and, um, I don't even know who else. They had a couple other guys. Ryan Keenan and yeah, they had like their Billabong crew, and those were the two brands. You know, yeah. you could ride for O'Neill wetsuits or Rip Curl wetsuits, but like, you know, those two Quicksilver and Billabong were the kind of like rivals. Yeah, um, and, and they so, were just starting to like really kick in the gear. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of Rip Curl team riders, right? Or or mm -hmm. um, there's mostly Victory and Alita, yeah. right? Victory and Alita were the like two dominant wetsuits down in our area. Yeah, but you know the surf shops, yeah, they sold a lot, but it, they as far as athletes and sponsorships, there wasn't really a lot of those yeah. team riders around. Yeah. Oh, Colby Outlaw was on Billabong. He was like the young pro, and um, anyways, but yeah, as far as kids, um, Quicksilver just did a really good job of like locking in like the best kids in every town yeah you know like their kind of formula and uh so we made this tape you know i had my three page you know little resume a couple you know a couple little clips and went in there and they were like cool like what they i remember walking in their office putting it in they watched it yeah and uh <laughs> i mean it young kid going into this massive like building in front of these like real like corporate like big world yeah. big wigs it was like so intimidating and it's crazy because it's Danny Kwok 
And you know, at the times I'm like, yeah, I knew who they were and stuff, but I was just super nervous at like, what are they going to think? And like, <laughs> you know, are they going to like, hey, are thanks they later. Think I suck at surfing. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I just remember like walking out of there, and they're like, yes. So did you, know, you watch the video with them? Yeah, and I think we just like watched it, and then because you know they had a little, you know, little hangout. Like had a couch, a little lounge area, a little TV, yeah. VCR, and. And it was cool. They were like, right on, man. Like, let's get you set up and, you know, we'll get you like walk through and some stickers and stuff. And it, it wasn't like anything super formal, but I, I, I do recall like after that was like, okay, you know, we're going to send you like, <coughs> a two page like contract, like a conduct. And like they had a, they had a legitimate really? like little amateur like program, they, you know, they're like, because we're listing all of our, you know, results and the contest. And by then I'm doing like the NSSAs, WSAs and all this. And, and then that's when like, I was blown away about getting clothes and stickers is one thing, but like, you know, Richard Wolcott was like, Hey, yeah, you know, like, you know, we're, we're going to pay for all your like contests and like, you know, we'll reimburse yeah. you for everything. And I just was like, you make the final, we reimburse you. I don't even think it was that. It was just like, hey, just, you know, like bring in your, you know, your receipts or copies of your checks or, you know, whatever. And like, we'll, yeah. we'll get it covered. And I was that's like, a huge deal. Dude. Huge. It, ain't, it ain't Mango or fucking no. Scorpion Bay. No. It's like, whoa. It was the, like. The best brand that you could ever imagine. You'd rather ride for them than Billabong. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, it, there was. The pressure was always there, you know, whether your parents paid for the events yeah. and you knew how much it cost. Like WSA, <coughs> I remember WSAs either being like 25, 30, 35 bucks or some NSSAs were like 50 bucks or, and they were expensive. And, yeah. you know, I'm doing an event every weekend. I'm doing yeah. like, I mean, there's rares I had weekends off. I was like, and I loved it. And it was like, that's what we did. Like, yeah. I was so stoked to go surf up and down the coast somewhere different. Yeah. You know, like, oh, where's the contest at? What's that place like? Go, going back to that day of, of because uh, think about that anticipation when the night before, right? You have the video. Yeah. You, you have the meeting set up, right? Yeah. And that night before, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to meet with Danny Kwok tomorrow. Like, you, you know, because you, 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 for me, I can imagine it being I, like, holy shit, you're losing sleep because that next day you're like, I don't even remember being nervous or anything. Really? I, I, I guess I just remember like, I mean, the night before, I just was like hoping that, you know, they liked my surfing, you know? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I didn't expect, hey, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting like... Did you expect I, I, them I, I, to I say think, yes? Like, because, you know, like when, I, you're, when you're doubting yourself, because you do, yeah. most people do, it's like... Am I good enough to surf for Quicksilver? Right? Yeah. Like, is he going to go, at the end of him watching the video, yeah. right? Is he going to say, hey, man, you surf good, but... Yeah. You know? That 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 definitely, I feel like, was was part of it. Like, I was just like, man, I, I got good results. On the, like, I got good contest yeah. results, you know? <laughs> but those is one part. Watching the video, the other, and I yeah. think I think that is you know once they see your style and you know inter you know interact with yeah. you. And yeah. I, I I felt you know my surfing hopefully will kind of you know speak for itself. Speak for itself. In a yeah. Way. It's it's kind of cool to hear how you guys. 
took it upon yourselves, right? Like Barry helping you put together video resume. And it's really cool that, you know, Quicksilver at that time had people, you know, really going through the process of, of putting kids on. Yeah. Not like, you know what I mean? Like not, it, it seemed legit. And it had, you guys had a contract and everything. So it's so yeah. much more legit where when you think of like something like that in its infancy, yeah. you'd think, oh, you know, he's good, he's bad, he sucks, and he's not on the team. Yeah, well, But like you guys went through a, a cool like Well, process. Jeff, I mean, he had a name for himself. He was on like the national, you know, NSSA national team. That's Already. What, yeah. Like he was like the, you know, he was a, the machine. Barry is a little bit more of an... And now Cass, he did contests, but he wasn't like diehard like Jeff. Jeff was just like contest machine. And I kind of fell under like that. You know, I had both, you know, I like both. Yeah. I mean, I love Barry's style and he, he was like larger. Like he was like the Richard Cram of our era, like when we were little kids. And those are the guys we, you know, we're watching. You know, yeah. Dane, Dane Kiloha and, you know, Richard Cram and Elkerton and Tom Caron and Aki and Potts and all these guys. And like... You know, you always look at somebody and associate Chucky. Like, you surf like Aki, you know? <laughs> like, everybody has their little thing. And Barry was like the Richard Cram. Like, just... And Jeff was like the... Um, Shane Horan. Shane Horan. Like, yeah. just super polished and never falls and just in the right place at the right time. You know, Barry was just like, oh, I'm going to destroy, you yeah. know? And... Um, but those guys, for sure, I mean, I, I, I mean, they... They saw something in me and I obviously gravitated towards them and you surround yourself with like guys that, you know, you, you want to excel with and Barry and and thankful, you know, parents took turns driving us, but Barry was, you know, a few years older because my brother did contests, but wasn't like in the NSSAs. He did, you know, the, you know, CBSA, CCSAs and kind of like, you know, wasn't a diehard contest fan. My brother would rather get up at 4 a.m. and then drive three hours to Dawn Patrol somewhere. Yeah. You know? Soul surfing. Yeah. And that, you know, I owe so much to him too because like I was a little brother, little shit, you know, like just as brothers are and, you know, adolescence comes along and I think as soon as he turned 16, you know, he would sometimes, you know, jump on a car ride and go somewhere sometimes with their dad. But when he turned 16... It was like weekend warrior somewhere, you know. He would the days it. I wouldn't you know, have a, a, an event was like you know he's going to Blacks, he's going to Oceanside, he's going to Cardiff, he's going up to you know Rincon, <clears throat> Malibu. He's going somewhere every weekend. Like he was that diehard, like up at you know lunches made, cars packed the night before, and we're out the door at four. Like that's on so it. rad. And you know, can I can I come? You know, like I just you know, it got to a point where I just knew okay, I can't be a kook anymore, you know? Like, I got to be cool. And, you know, of course, he would rub it. You got to clean my room. You got to make the di- do the dishes. You got to make the lunches. You got to do this. You got to wash my car. You know, made me pay for it a yeah. little bit. But he knew at the end, you know, he knew deep down he was going to take me anyway, yeah. but he would make me sweat it. I don't know, dude. I got so-and-so-and-so in the car. I don't know if there's room. <laughs> I'll sit in the back and the hump and in the corner, I swear, you know? Like, what kind of car did he have? So at 16, he got this sweet little uh, Mitsubishi Montero. It was like a little oh, box, kind of like a yeah. Jeep, but like Mitsubishi style. Yeah. yeah. So two-door with a, you know, like a back seat bench. with the wheel wells. Yeah, bench seat with the wheel wells with like just enough space in the back for like gear. A, a step and up for Suzuki Samurai. For sure. Like a, <laughs> like a beefed up Suzuki Samurai yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it was rad. I mean, and, you know, again, like 
between the contests and I have I preach this to a bunch of you know other kids and people like getting out of your own surf break yeah. and going and surfing different types of wave you know beach breaks a beach break but when it, you know like ocean size is different than Newport versus different from Huntington and they all have their nuances and the sandbars and whether it's flat and you know deep spots and currents and, and they're all different but you know going down the reefs like Cardiff reefs I was tripping you know like seaside what you know like just exploring <clears throat> wind and sea pulling up in the morning and I'm like what is this spot like where are we you know like old trusty like triple a maps you know like that's what i'd look at and be like where are we going you know and i mean that's a whole nother world difference you know when yeah. you're you know grom yeah you know and some you know same thing with the contest they would you know some you know not not some would be in exotic locations and some wouldn't be but yeah you know but yeah that you know those those early years and i think quicksilver you know i was six grade seven so i was you know like so young thir- 13 12 13 getting, probably about 13 getting contest paid for and the best clothes yeah and um and you know you got your box and you were just like and team stickers yeah you're floored you're just like <laughs> so so you were riding for quick surf tim pony <clears throat> the and, surf too yeah i mean you could talk to them. We interviewed them. They're yeah. like, yeah, just all the different balls. I'm like, dude, I had laminates and I wrote Tim Pony and you could ask Tim Pony, like I got custom board, you know, like yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. but it's definitely not the d And then uh, I remember Dan Horgan, who's, you know, another good friend who was one of our surfing groups, you know, like, um, and Dan, you know, because he lived off of like 20th street, service sport on 15th street was his like jam. The surf was close to me and D-Ball. Like we go downtown and, um, and I just remember, like, you know, Dan, like, telling me, he's like, you know, you, you should go get sponsored by Huntington Servant Sport. And I was like, I don't know, you know, like, you know, the surf was kind of going through, you know, a weird phase anyways. Yeah. I don't know what's, what was really going on <clears throat> business-wise. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of like he kind of introduced me. I, I don't know if it was, like, Hage, you know, Chris Sines or or, like... Pie or, or no? It wasn't the pies at first. Leader, you know. I don't think it was, it was either Yogi, like Yogi Pie, Darren, or Dana, or you know, one of those guys. You know, that you know, like you know, get on the team. You know, <coughs> I'm, you know, I'm. I think I was a seventh grade. You know, kind of the ripper at you know um, at Dwyer, and I think within you know within a couple of years, it felt like just. From fifth grade to like seventh, you know, even though it's like the short period of time, like yeah. so many changes, both in like sponsors, boards, switching. Who who was your main rival in Huntington? Um like your 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 main rival that in surfing age. contests and yeah. stuff. Even just out in the water, like you know, who what Horgan? Horgan, you know, he surfed a lot at the cliffs. He wasn't really a pure kid. Scotty Klein, Squid, kind of were like my surf buddies a lot, you know. Um, you know, I don't know. I didn't really. I just looked at like all the older dudes. Older dudes. Yeah. You know, so, like Colby Outlaw, <clears throat> you know, like the the Tice brothers and, yeah. you know. Um, I but mean, were, you, so many were you starting, you know, surfing with these guys? Were, was your surfing, did you feel like, holy shit, I'm surfing pretty good? 
Were you starting to get, gain some confidence because you're picking up sponsors? You're yeah, I was definitely cocky for sure because of like NSSAs and like contests and I, you know, all my close friends. Nobody, the only death involved really, like Maddie and Horgan and you know, you know, they maybe done you know a WSA, you know, Ryan Bullock Squid and and those guys, but like Echigoyen and like the Diddy Ball brothers were like those were my Huntington, you know. Those were the Huntington, like, NSSA guys. Yeah. There wasn't a big group of us going and traveling doing NSSAs. <coughs> um, and that was fine, you know. It was like I had my, you know, and until this day, it's like, you know, you have your homies that you grew up with and, you know, did everything together. You know, sleepovers and, you know, shit kids and skateboard and BMX and all that. And then you had, like, your your surf, you know, surf buddies. Yeah. You know. But it did it did keep, keep me out of trouble. There was another kid, Damon Latiri. Um, Frankie Vela, uh, Robbie Hayes, and this little group off of 11th Street, um, and uh, there was, um, you know, good good group of of, of guys. Um, Aaron, um, dude, I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyways, um, that you know, guys would surf all the time, but the NSSA, you know, was like, man, they're all far. There was no, you know, WSA, CCSA is like Golden West, the Pier, Ninth Street, you know. Yeah. And this is as well. Everything was out of town. Yeah. There wasn't like they are here today. Like you would, there maybe be one a year. In Huntington. Rarely. Now most of them are in Huntington. Now they're all yeah. here. Yeah, it was wild. But um, yeah, it was, it was I mean, a, a great a great time. And, and then, you know, that seventh. So if I'm in seventh, my brother's a junior. That's when he's, we started doing a lot of travel, NSSAs, and, and going up and down the coast. And then when I was in eighth grade, he was a senior. So we missed each other in high school. But, um, you know, he was under Chuck Allen. My eighth grade years when Andy Verdone, you know, came into Huntington the year before I went in as a freshman. <clears throat> and um, we had Peter Townsend as our junior high. So, like, PT was, like, unofficially, officially our, like, you know, For Dwyer. Dwyer surf coach. Um, so we would go meet up like once or twice a week, even though we were going down there every day. Yeah. I remember writing before my brother was 16, like, wake me up. I'm going, I'm going to surf class with you. Gloves. And you weren't in. No. Yeah. No, there was no surf class. in junior high still. Yeah. There was no surf class in junior high, really. PT kind of made it a thing where we're going to come down once or twice a week. Like I think my eighth grade year, but before that it was kind of like pretty loose. Yeah. But yeah, me and my brother on, on our bikes. You know, we'd put socks on our hands or Ugg boots on or whatever, clothes and, you know, like, you know, right down in the dark, <laughs> like back every day. It was, uh, I mean, it was fun. I mean, that was the, that was the, the early, early days. Yeah. I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, Dwyer was, Dwyer definitely had some, you know, quite a few good surfers, but I just remember, you know, going back to PT and there, you know, there was you know the NSSA national team guys, and you know I wrote for Quicksilver, <clears throat> and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to put OP on my board, and I don't want to put like whatever NSSA stickers. I'm like, I wanted to just have Quicksilver, you yeah. know. So that's kind of stuck. Even a couple years later, where I probably would have been more beneficial, maybe if I did do the NSSA team for a yeah. couple years. Now, did you qualify for the team? Yeah, they took like your like the top ten, you know, or something like that, and then they'd have some like regions and stuff. And I made pretty much almost every like NSSA like national or USA championship. Like I was always invited, and I'd usually make like 
semis or finals that I would just fall, you know, I would peak or gas or not get the right waves. And I'd always finish like, I, I think the bass was like a third. I thought it was like fourth, fifth, sixth or something like, almost yeah. like every time I made the finals, you know, and the, the contest machines would be like the Shea Lopez is out of Florida that come and just blow, blow everybody away or, yeah. you know, some contest machine, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I felt like I was definitely making a name for yourself yeah. and for yeah. sure. But you didn't. You never wanted to ride for the NSSA national team and put their logos on. I didn't, you know, and you know, I don't know. Maybe it was just self identity. Maybe yeah, you know, because I looked at beat. I was like, well, I'm as good or beat most of those guys, and I just, I don't know. I just, I I did it a lot of team sports, and this was like my, you know, my my first thing where it was like, I didn't individual. Yeah, the problem I had with team sports was I worked a lot harder and I was a lot more driven than a lot of the other kids. Even though we were young, I was just like, I don't want to play that. Those guys don't even like hustle yeah, or they suck. And I'm now they're dragging me down, you know, like, yeah. so as soon as surfing came along, that's what really gravitated. Cause I was like, it's just me. Like, I don't have to like <coughs> count on somebody else, rely on anybody else. And, you know, some people, some people definitely, um, you know, excel in those like situations and yeah. some you know prefer that they need that that uplift and that that bonding that that yeah. you know boy camaraderie or coach you know kind For of sure. aspect but yeah i don't know we had our own little you know own little deal yeah but let's uh let's wrap it up there okay. eight, around eighth grade you know eighth grade yeah right before you get your first job pretty much and before i freaking cross paths with you you all right beautiful that movie. was the first conversation with Jay Late Night Larson. Yeah. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. 
Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.